the best of the week on Relevant Radio. Hey, welcome back to The Inner Life. A little joyful music there for you as we're talking about finding joy in the tough times today here on the show. If you're facing times of difficulty, of challenge, of yeah, struggle, our spiritual director today, Father Sam Martin, pastor of Holy Name of Jesus Parish in Wausau, part of the Diocese of La Crosse, Wisconsin. Father, we got an email that came in from Val, also from the Diocese of La Crosse, and she writes, I sometimes feel that Catholic friends don't think I take my faith seriously because I'm always trying to find the good and joy in my life. Says, I've recently lost my father. My youngest child uh, just joined the Marines and is currently a boot camp, children who are falling away. So I do have sadness, sorrow, and life challenges. I don't believe God put us here to ignore the beauty and blessings. I think we each need to find the balance in our own lives. Pray for those who cannot see the small blessings, graces, and joy in their everyday lives. So, Val, thank you for that email. Um, but what about that, Father? What about people who might look at us and say, ah, well, they're just blind to the real sufferings and sorrows of life because they're always looking for joy and goodness? Yeah, I suppose other people feel, you know, the, the sadness of their own life. Like, why does that person have it and I don't? And right. what am I doing wrong? Or the, Sometimes people feel threatened and it comes out, you know, and things that we say or imply that I don't know if we really mean it. I mean, I, there was a movie about this Josephine Bakita. Her feast was last mm-hmm. week, and she um, you know, had a tough life. I mean, her parents were murdered, and she was sold into slavery six times and had lots of physical scars. And at one point, they show that there was an epidemic in this little town, so everybody kind of takes off, and it's just her and these couple of sisters. And uh, it's really tough sledding to try to help everybody, you know, because it's a significant illness. And and at one point, she's out trying to like till the soil to plant some food so that these people won't die of starvation. And it's cold, and she's not from uh, they're in Italy at this point, northern Italy, and up by Venice. And she uh, she's just really cold. And the sisters and the other people that are trying to help her, they're like, "Man, it's just cold. How do you keep going?" And then she remembered that you know when she was a little girl, they had this dance, and so she taught them how to dance. And the dancing was exercise; it warmed them up, but mostly it lifted their spirits. And later in life, when she discovered her vocation, she said, there's so many sad and lonely people in the world, and I feel that God is asking me to, to help them. Mm-hmm. And it was out of the brokenness of her life that really she had these incredible reservoirs of, of joy. And that's wow. the thing about sorrow and suffering is that if we do give it to God, St. John of the Cross said that suffering is the mark of one who loves so the greater the love, the greater the suffering. So our Lord still has his scars, his wounds, after he rises from the dead, and it's a measure of greater love than this no man has. So when people suffer, I know that's, but that's one part of the equation, just with God's grace and time and cooperation. He is a healing God. I mean, this is the good news. It, it can take years, I know, and some of those hurts are always with us, but they remind us that, well, this might be a wound that God has permitted to keep me close to him and close to his people, Keep me humble. Keep me on my knees. I don't want to be, uh, you know, lukewarm. I don't want to be drifting. So some of the suffering that we have, that other people have, is it's not just going to be easily, you know, medicated away. Or, but it can really bring us to the Lord, and there we can find in Him the assurance that this too shall pass. That this, I make all things new. Well, when I want to now. Well, that's what the world promises. You know that there's this rival religion out there that says that we can fix all this. Or we can have you, you know, whipped in the shape by the weekend. And you won't have any problem. You're just going to be heaven on earth. Well, that's an old, tired lie, and it's been around since we lost heaven on earth, so to speak. Uh, came with sin. That you don't need him. God, nah, you can do it yourself. You can do no right and wrong, good and evil, and then have life on your terms. 
and that's worked out magnificently for us. I mean, it's just, you know, of course I'm saying that uh, facetiously. So the idea is that not to be, I don't know, ashamed of our joy, not to be, you know, to be sensitive of other people's sorrow and to say that I know what you're going through. I've been there too. But I, there's another side of that coin. And on that side is a, the face of our Lord. And I've found in him someone who understands me and doesn't just, you know, you know, shrug it off like, ah, get over it. You'll be fine. It's no big deal. No, he seems to really, when I suffer, he does too in me. And uh, I don't feel so alone. And uh, the world is going to feel threatened by that. I know it, it always has, it seems like. It, uh, they said, well, geez, he's out of his mind, and they're going to throw him off the brow of the hill. And they just, I mean, they don't know what to do with this guy. Then they're like, they want to make him a king, and he's, because they, he could feed them. And they're like, well, yeah, we'll elect you if you can feed us. And the Romans picked up on that later, bread and circuses, right? You can, <laughs> you can have a, a quite a run with that stuff. But Jesus didn't come to satisfy just our bodies. It's our souls that really got damaged, you know, in a deeper way. And he's the only one. He's the only medicine for that. He's abundant. He's generous. Uh, he's available to everyone. And if others don't experience that, well, we pray for them. We are sorry for them, but we also are confident for them. Hey, just like Jesus said about the scribe, you're not far from the kingdom of God. You're not far from the truth, kid. I mean, it's just uh, it's like the rich young man that, you know, you're just lacking one thing. And so it is for a lot of people. You're it's just a little degree. Oscar Wilde said, you know, we're all lying in the gutter, but some of us are facing the stars. And that's it. I mean, that's kind of the difference is that turn around and look up. Oh, oh, well, that's better. Of course it's better. You see this in lots of the great literary works, like in Les Mis. I mean, you know, the, the bishop, he says, he tells this guy he's got a soul, and he's like, how did he know? Well, I mean, yeah. but he believes him because there's this thing called forgiveness that shocked him. And he didn't know what to do with it, except in the end, he decided to accept it, to receive it. Yeah. And it changed his life. It saved him and a lot of other people. And uh, so it goes. So, Val, be joyful. But also be, of course, aware that not everybody's spiritually in the same place you are. You didn't get there by accident or in an easy way. There's no comfortable route to it. But you're there. That's a, a beacon of hope. That's what always draws people to Christ. It's what always draws people to the gospel. This is actually is pretty good news, certainly in contrast to a lot of other, you know, pseudo-gospels that are being preached uh, here and there. So keep the faith, and that faith is a, a beacon of light and hope and healing to lots of other people, too. Good point, Father, and I think that you're right, that there's this, in the times of challenge and in difficulty and in struggle, that uh, if you have two options, one being, you know what, I am going to place my faith in the Lord, I'm going to find the joy that's in Him, or I'm not, <laughs> and, and I guess the the latter will lead to despair, which isn't going to make anything better. In fact, if anything, it's going to make us worse. So, Val, thank you for the email, thank you for listening, and thank you for uh, sharing with that, and good reminder just to pray for all those who can't see uh, the small blessings, the graces, and joy in their everyday lives. People, I'm looking at some of the emails that have come in. People are facing some really hard things. Um, rather than kind of taking these one at a time, I just want to mention them. And I'm just going to keep them all anonymous, um, as some have asked. But uh, these are all anonymous. So one says, appreciate today's topic. They've been raising a granddaughter for 11 years. 
And uh, she's now a young teenager. She has many gifts, but in recent months, she's starting to be really challenging, become increasingly disrespectful to teachers at her Catholic school, and her grades have dropped. And uh, this has been a real challenge for them. Another listener writes in and says, uh, how can you be happy when your husband is no longer in love with you? Constantly saying, uh, talking about divorce and kicking her out of the house after being married for 24 years. And yet even another who says, how do they resolve the sadness of the loss of a 39-week-old grandson whose parents are cancer survivors and struggled with infertility, and now they've lost this beautiful child at 39 weeks? So, Father, some really heavy stuff that people are facing. Where is, is it even right to talk about joy in the midst of some of these situations? Well, again, you know, the focus is always Jesus. The joy comes whenever he gives it. I guess it's up to him. He's the, uh, the source of it. Sometimes we're, I'm just not happy. Well, let's not make happiness an idol. Let's just, you know, I'm with the Lord. He's with me. I don't know. Someday maybe I'll be happy again. The goal and the focus is always the Lord, always to, to relate everything to Him and to be close to Him. I, I had a friend that she died, and she was, um, you know, a, a young mother. And, and so you try to, you know, you try to capture some of the traumas of people's lives and all those that you just listed. It's like, man, those are, those are yeah. some of the biggest crosses that are available in the universe. Yeah. And you got them all in one fell swoop. But I don't know where this quote came from, but it talks about, you know, like a mother who's lost a child, and that's sometimes considered one of the greatest sorrows in our world. But this is what it says, that do not judge the bereaved mother. She comes in many forms. She is breathing, but she is dying. She may look young, but inside she has become ancient. She smiles, but her heart sobs. She walks, she talks, she cooks, she cleans, she works. She is, but she is not all at once. She is here but part of her is elsewhere for eternity. And I think there's something in that of um, that the suffering, it seems to cause this division. And I'm here, but I'm not. I, I still, you know, existing, but I'm not fully alive anymore. That when someone leaves us or when something dies in our life, a relationship or a hope, a dream, something of us dies too. But that's not the end of the story. It, it was never meant to be. So it's a matter of waiting and that's why the Blessed Virgin Mary, every Saturday is her day. That's the day of, of the waiting, because the tomb is still full, at least so it seems, of her son, of God's son, of our Messiah, the one who said he was going to save his people, and he's dead. And so, but Mary waits for him, but on behalf of all of us, because the easier thing would have been to quit, to say it's over, I just, and I guess he wasn't what he claimed to be and what Simeon said he was going to be, no. She waits. And who grieved more than Mary? But what was the greater gift in the end her grief or her unshakable hope? The faith that she displays. That We know that Mary Magdalene was the first to the tomb, but private revelation says that Jesus appeared to his mama first, you know, in a way that we don't, wasn't recorded. Wouldn't surprise me. That would be like God to give her that special grace, she who had suffered so deeply. So for all people suffering, I mean, the Blessed Virgin Mary is a tremendous gift because she had to watch her only son murdered in front of her for not doing anything but good to his people and to listen to the things people said and, and then to watch his best friends abandoned and not to have her husband there or anybody there really to support her except a few holy friends in St. John who maybe just was, you know, had to stay because he felt this obligation, especially when Jesus said, Behold your mother. There's no easy 
answer to suffering. There's no solution. No, and this is where the world will always find itself to be uh, inadequate. It always promises us things that it can't deliver because suffering isn't something to be fixed. It's, it's the beginning of a deeper conversion. It's a preparation for a world where there will be no suffering, where a world where everything will make sense, where a world where the people that hurt us, we may actually have been forgiven and healed so deeply of our own hurts that we'll be able to forgive them and love them genuinely. We're not there yet. What eye has not seen, ear has not heard, hasn't even dawned upon us what God has in store for those who love him. Well, let's begin with his love for us. That's what Mary always believed in. That's what always drew her back. I mean, there's no doubt that, uh, like any parent would say, when you have a child, they change you more than you change them. And guess what? Mary and Joseph were really deeply affected by that little baby. They were changed by him because he had our human nature, but he was always God. So let's be like them and be changed by him and affected by him. He who said, I know you're suffering, but I have a plan. Well, I can't see it, Lord, and I'm going to give up. I'm going to quit. Okay, that's a possibility for all of us. But some don't. Some can't. They won't. They, and that's the church. She's the mother that, um, of all the faithful, the bride of Christ, and uh, a suffering servant. But she's uh, uh, carrying a mighty freight, and she's a ship that uh, may not inspire confidence at time, but, times, but she will make it to the distant shore. And if we stay with her, we will too. Thanks be to God for that. This entire episode of The Inner Life is on the Relevant Radio app. Relevant Radio app is completely free and updated daily with fresh articles, podcasts, and prayers. Don't delay. Download the app today. And thanks for listening.